When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So this is Christmas, and what have you done? Well, we've already knocked out half the songs in our bracket, and we've gotten drunk. What have you done, Karen? God. Say, what's in this drink? Oh, hey, we're recording. Welcome to part two of the great pop culture debate on the best holiday pop songs released between 1980 and 2020. Literally putting the fruit in fruitcake, I'm your host, Eric Resniak. Please welcome back my panelists, Curtis Creekmore, Heather McLean, and Kate Rakulia. Did you make sure to listen to part one, where we tore through the top 32 to find the sweet 16, as well as socks and underwear? If not, head to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or greatpopculturedebate.com and listen now. And while you're at our website, make sure to download the listener bracket for this episode so you can follow along at home. It's like NORAD's Santa Tracker, except it doesn't involve blatantly lying to children. So with that said, let's dive right into round two, which is going to be Tinsel-tastic. We start off with the number one juggernaut, Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You, versus Baby It's Cold Outside, the version by John Lennon, or excuse me, John Legend and Kelly Clarkson. A John Legend one would be much different. John Legend and Kelly Clarkson. So I'm going to have Heather open up this can of whoop-ass, talk to me about Mariah. All I have to say for you is Mariah fucking Carey. <laughs> That's her middle name, her legal middle name. Yeah. Every store you walk into, every time you hit the change button on the radio station, every time you pull up a Spotify Christmas playlist, what song comes on? This bad boy. And as much as I hit a moment every season where I'm like, oh God, make it go away. I have to say, this is the earworm to end all earworms. All it takes is that first, "Ah, you know immediately what you're about to get. And then I also just, I have to go against, the alternative is Baby It's Cold Outside. And that's a song about sexual assault. Normally, yes. But have you heard the John Legend Kelly Clarkson version? I mean, yes, admittedly, at some point, did I listen to it in advance to try and defend it against all I want for Christmas is you? No. And I respect that. (laughs) But this is why, so I'm going to vote for Mariah. Let me just put that right out there right now. And I think all of us are, except for probably Kate. Um, (laughs) uh, She has no soul. She has no soul. She's dead inside. Um, Baby is Cold Outside obviously has a really complicated history. And you will find people who will sit there and defend it. Even the original version says, no, 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 you're misreading it. That's not what's going on there. She wants to be there. She's got agency, blah, blah, blah. I'm not here for that. (laughs) Exactly correct. Exactly correct. The John Legend Kelly Clarkson song like actively references all of that. And instead John legend literally changes the lyrics to be like, it's your body and your choice. Are you sure you want to say, I'm happy to go. Like, I don't want to do anything. that's going to make you uncomfortable. We can just chill out. You can go if you want, you can stay if you want. Like, Oh, you want to smoke a cigarette? That's something we should explore. Like literally (laughs) that's what he's done. It's really charming. Kelly Clarkson is great in kind of like the boozy, but not floozy way. And to me, it has taken a really problematic song that has a very, 
tortured kind of backstory and reframed it for a 21st century audience. And it's John Legend, right? Like it's it's always going to be good. It's classy. It's well delivered. And yes. I love it. I, I'm glad it um, made it to round two. But I don't like up against Mariah. Sorry. <laughs> this is well, and this is where I'm like. Yes, I am ill-prepared for this moment, but I'm ill-prepared for this moment because my entire life I've been like, oh, cringe, 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 cringe. Yep. So if you want me to listen to a new version of a classic, there there should be some sort of an indication that it is. You know what I mean? A new version? I really don't like this song, so I'm not even going to take the time to listen to it. So it should be, baby, it's cold outside, in parentheses, not about date rape. Yes, yes. <laughs> the less rapey version. Yeah. Christmas <laughs> needs more rapey. parentheses. I'm it just going to say it. It does. Feminism. It does. I don't um, know. So, <laughs> Curtis, where are you coming indicator. Exactly. Give you an indicator. I, I don't disagree. Curtis, where are you down on this? This is a tough one because I also had not heard that version before and I expected it to be the date rape version, but I was... Uh, I was surprised. I was, what's the word that I'm looking for there? Pleasantly. There we go. I'm very unpleasant most of the time. So I was pleasantly surprised when I listened to the John Legend, Kelly Clarkson version. The The lyrics are funny because it's so like pro woman, like your body, your choice. I, I, I laughed out loud at that, but it's still musical in that way. Yeah. <laughs> but it's Mariah Carey. And I think- the people who agree with Kate, because there are absolutely people who are just <laughs> fucking grinding their teeth right now as we talk absolutely. about this song, are doing so because it has become such a holiday juggernaut. And I read something once that was super funny about like on November 1st, Mariah Carey comes out of her crypt. Yes. Like <laughs> the the season has begun. Yes. And there's a reason for that. Like it's not because we have to. It's because that song is so good it is such a good song and for me it's going all the way so i'll just save a little bit because i think it's moving forward here we'll talk about it later and here's the thing kate you currently have three and i'm just confirming you're voting against mariah here right yeah wow so knowing Bold that it's choice three well, to here's one the thing. here's the i thing. want I would like you to save your arguments to round three because i oh, don't yeah, want to yeah. have the same arguments yeah, no, over I'm, I'm i'm only gonna say I see where you're all at. I think you might, I, I might surprise you with my arguments, but I also, Ooh. I really like John Legend. I really like Kelly Clarkson. And I insulted her by calling her other song in this bracket, a Macy's commercial jingle. So I want to give both of them the props that I would like to see them <laughs> paid. And I really like that song. I think it's a very clever way to, to make something new, right? To make something new, to make something that, um, that that acknowledges the history of a particular song and it's a yeah. good song so it's yeah. a great song and so it, it is going to go down here again i just walked right into that one um <laughs> but i do want to give a plug to the john legend holiday album which came out i think a year or two ago um his um give me love for christmas is an is a great original song it deserves more credit if you don't have it in your rotation for the holidays you should add it because it's an excellent album um we're moving mariah ahead next up it's hard candy christmas by dolly parton versus white christmas by sharon jones the dap kings we were unanimous in deciding to move hard candy christmas forward 
Um, we raved about White Christmas in round one. I definitely hope that you go back and listen to it. Literally no disrespect. Uh, love that song, but it's Dolly fucking Parton mm-hmm. and singing a song about prostitutes losing their brothel at Christmas. This is a 100% Venn diagram of Eric Resniak's Christmas. So uh, it's unanimous on to round three. It is Last Christmas by Wham up against Santa Claus is Coming to Town by the Pointer Sisters. and this could kill me. So I'm going to have Kate start by talking about the Pointer Sisters, and then Heather's going to talk about Wham. Take it away, Kate. So this is my Pointer Sisters argument from the first round. This is an unbelievably, it was the first, actually, hold on, let me check my research. It's correct. Yeah, it was the very first song on the very first very special Christmas album that we've referred to many times. Um, And what a way to begin. I want a bicycle. Like they're chatting with each other about what they're asking for for Christmas. The chatter as the song starts. And the song is just energy. It is joy. I know I made arguments before about like Christmas isn't happy for everyone. But like (laughs) this song makes me believe maybe it could be. (laughs) And it's just... Their performance is great, you know, and then like after the bridge, it like gets faster and it's really exciting. And as we discovered in the very first part of this episode, we have some people who are maybe not okay with saxophone solos, but there's a (laughs) raging motherfucking saxophone solo in the back half of the song that like just literally added a year to my life. Yes. (laughs) So literally added a year to my life. Heather, it's I'm gonna fantastic. It's fantastic. Heather, I'm gonna let you talk about Wham in a second. I, I mean, first of all, I just feel the entire opposite about the saxophone. So <laughs> oh I just don't understand. We have so many other things in common. Is it like a recessive gene? Like oh, it's oh, oh. so it gave Kate a year, but it robbed <laughs> Heather of a year. So it's a net sum game. I mean, it really a piece of my soul died. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Um, I, so I'm going to let Heather take one, but before I do that, I do have to just echo, um, this is the, the, the Pointer Sisters is one of the first songs I listen to every holiday season because, you know, in the opening song of Ease On Down the Road in The Wiz, mm-hmm. where Diana Ross and Michael Jackson are practically orgasmic as they follow the yellow brick road, that is what happens at the beginning of this Pointer Sisters song. <laughs> like they are, it's like someone has just come down, Jesus has come down from heaven, they're like, oh, like they're so excited. <laughs> Excited. So I good. the energy that is encapsulated in this song it's could power a nuclear joy. reactor. Like it is so <laughs> good. It's neutron dance, like put mm. into a Christmas song, and it is just full bore joy. And I love it and I will always love it. But it's up against fucking last Christmas. <gasps> Heather Taken. <Yeah. sighs> I, I mean, so first of all, if this song, as soon as you start to hear that synth beat at the beginning, if your shoulders don't start moving, mm. I, I I don't know. I I think you need to like go do six more shots or something <laughs> or go find a shrink. But mm-hmm. it's just like that whole synth beat, and then you get the woes in there. Like it's just it's 80s tastic, right? Mm. I mean, and it's so 80s tastic that there is in fact a game that exists on the internet called Whamageddon. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know about this, but it's actually a game where you try and see how long you can go without hearing this song. Mm. <laughs> and- I just the goal like, is I don't, number one. Why <laughs> would you deprive yourself of this song? I 
I'm with you, Eric. I don't understand. I want a little shoulder shimmy as soon (laughs) as humanly possible in the holiday season. I react to this the same way I react to No Not November, which Mm. I don't know if the ladies on this podcast know what that is. I I mean, I can infer what that is. Okay, good. So I'm not going to go into it because I don't know who's listening. (laughs) I'm like, why would you do this to yourself? Isn't there enough suffering in the world? Why would you deliberately... Yeah. Like, why would you, why would you deliberately avoid Wham's last Christmas you during Christmas? You didn't yep. pick up my life is hard enough joke and run with it. And I <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry, Kate. I'm so sorry. It's okay. It's okay. I'm um, trying Heather- to give you a present for Christmas. I mean, I know. We have to add, George Michael died on Christmas. I know. So, like, how do you hate on this song? How do you not move it forward over pretty much anything else? It, it is un-American, and I understand that George Michael was British, <laughs> yeah, but it's was. un-American. Um, <laughs> anything else to argue there, Heather? I mean, I think I've said enough. I think my work here is done. I think it's un-American so. if you don't move this <laughs> Un-American. Curtis, do you have, where are you coming down on this? I really, I do not know. I think I put Last Christmas Forward on my bracket, but ugh, the Neutron Dance at Christmas has really swayed me a little. It's a compelling argument. Um, I think the only word that comes to mind as I think through this is give. Because throughout last Christmas, I don't know why. I've like I've heard tons of British people speak, but I don't think I've ever really noticed them like replacing their long A sounds with a short E in the same way that George that that Wham does throughout this entire song. It's give you away. But the very next day, I give it away, like the whole thing. Um, and I pick up on that. And I don't know why I hone in those on those types of things, but I do. So d- does my vote really even matter, Eric? Uh, where are you coming down here, Kate? Oh, I as much as I love the Pointer Sisters, Wham! is last Christmas is Christmas. It is Christmas. Yep. Wham! is life. I mean, not just with this particular song, but literally every Wham song. I mean, like, yes. Past listeners will know how far I pushed Careless Whisper. So. <laughs> that fucking saxophone. Kate! I, I've never yeah, not been myself, yo! <laughs> <laughs> you play the bassoon. How can you possibly love the saxophone? She's got to rep the I wind Because I started section. on the saxophone, Heather. <laughs> <sighs> Real talk. I started on the saxophone, and then my teacher was like, "You're tall and nerdy, and this won't hurt your cred. Try the bassoon." (laughs) That's how I ended up as a bassoonist. Yep. There you go. Yep. So uh, it sounds like we're at least three for last Christmas. Do you have a vote here, Curtis? Are you like completely torn? No, I'll vote last Christmas because it. it, I mean, it is pervasive. It is. It is everywhere, and it's. It's very similar to all I want for Christmas is you. It's everywhere because it's a good song. So I am happy to push it forward. Okay, so that is unanimous. But I do really want to stress to people: if somehow you have managed to not listen to the Pointer Sisters version of Santa Claus Mm. is Coming to Town, look at your life, look at your choices. Exactly, rectify (laughs) that immediately. It will bring you joy. It will give you the life that you're looking for. So next we have Christmas wrapping. Versus Hanukkah song, and before we started round two, we all agreed that we're all putting Christmas wrapping for- forward. Um, I think Curtis actually abstained in this yeah. particular one because he hates both songs equally. <laughs> um, but the other three of us love Christmas wrapping, and I'm sorry to our, our Jewish friends, but that it, we're going to knock. I, I, technically, Dick in the Box still references Hanukkah, so you got you still have a horse in this race. 
Um, all right, moving on. Wow. Yeah, if that's yeah, not the Jewish experience, I don't know what it is. There is a really unflattering joke that I could make there, and I'm not going to do it. <laughs> Look at you showing restraint. I know. Usually it's the restraints on me, but <laughs> things have to change. Um, next up, we have Do You Hear What I Hear by Whitney Houston versus Christmas Baby Please Come Home by U2. And it was another unanimous decision pre-round two that Whitney's getting the free pass. Uh, there's no question. Uh, I don't think any of us are particularly fond of that U2 song, even if Kate does love U2 unironically. I do. Speaking of I Kate, do. speaking of Kate, uh, Fairy Tale of New York by the Pogues versus Meli Kalikimaka by KT Tunstall. And Kate, go ahead. All right. So I, I, I really do see which way the wind is turning, but I will tell you why I really love this song. The drunk tank thing in the beginning is fucking garbage. I, I get it. And what makes this song for me is Christy McCole. Her voice mm-hmm. is a perfect mm-hmm. bell. And the story of this song, it is a song about youthful hope and promise gone to shit. But like Christmas still comes like this sense of like what we the life that we made together that we hoped it's not what we thought it would be. But Christmas always comes around and kind of reminds us of that. It's very depressing. And (laughs) but there's also there's something about when they sing the the boys of the NYPD choir. I mean, I don't know how everyone feels about the NYPD, but (laughs) like still singing Galway Bay. There's something about that that the the notes of that that feels like you're on the edge of crying and i just think it's really beautiful and it's weird i don't know anyone else who likes this song so i don't feel like i'm particularly cool for liking this song (laughs) oh i I know numerous other people when we were doing this poll who specifically said to me the pogues better be on this list or else it's bullshit and oh, yeah. like no. frankly every other one of them not you Kate and I'm saying this sincerely <laughs> Kate is not a poser but I do think <laughs> there were several other people not all of you if you're listening definitely not you totally wasn't talking about you um, but several other people who said that like it was absolutely look at my cool points aren't I cool I like something alternative at Christmas oh my god you're so special yeah um, no. this is a it's a tragic Christmas song it's a tragic Christmas song um, that really uh, like I, I like I like a sad Christmas song, like period over. I like a sad or like kind of a thoughtful Christmas song more than I like that. Like aggressive Merry Christmas song like that feels very false to me. <laughs> so this and, doesn't feel as false to me. So that is like and this is one of the reasons I love to have Kate on the podcast because she has these really great arguments that I could almost sway me. It's not going to sway me here, probably. Oh, that's right. that's right. <laughs> um, But for me, and this is a philosophical thing. I don't want sad Christmas songs mm-hmm. because for me, I think of Christmas as that one time of the year where like my oh boy, this is going to get me in trouble. Um, <laughs> um, it was like the one month of the year that my father was not constantly irrationally angry and terrifying. Mm-hmm. And so um, I don't need sadness at Christmas. I, yeah, I like to experience that like reprieve. Right. That's um, absolutely fair. So <laughs> that's where I'm coming from on that. But Curtis, go ahead and talk to me about Malikamiki Kaliki Maka. I, I feel like Kate made all the arguments against her own song in the time that she made it for. So <laughs> I I don't think that I have to say much. I argued against KT Tunstall on the way up. Um just because I think Buble is is better. It's still a good song. Okay. <laughs> Buble. Minus Buble. the kazoos. I stand by that. You do not need kazoos in your song. Who, whoever what do you, you have are. against kazoos? What did kazoos ever do to you? Kazoos and saxophones can go die in a fire. Kate, um, 
Curtis. They will never die. Or what is <laughs> what is dead cannot be Curtis. cannot be killed. I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. <laughs> Why are you trying to hurt me? <laughs> well, you like to be sad at Christmas, apparently, Kate. So <laughs> just doing you a favor. Um, I really don't feel like I have to argue that hard. I I don't because this that song is is not good. It is not good, and at least. Melikaliki Maka by KT Tunstall is good. I wouldn't say it's great. It is fine. And it doesn't matter because it's going up against Whitney Houston, the juggernaut. So... Yep, yep bring it on. Fair point. <laughs> Heather, where are you coming down on this one? Oh, I'm still team KT Tunstall all the way. I think she's talented. I think she has musicianship. I think I can understand the words of the song the whole way through. Yeah, true. <laughs> and the bar here is very low. <laughs> it's true. And I will say this, Kate, your argument did a really good job, as you, you have a history of doing, of Thank making you. me appreciate the song more. Going into this recording, I was like, fuck the Pogues. It's getting the pass in, in, in round one because it's up against a song that I probably could have stricken from the record due to its racial situation, but I didn't because everyone loves it. Um, but I, I actually find myself in a position where it's weird to me that this KT Tunstall song is advancing to round three. And I think for a lot of our listeners, like really, really, Meli Kalikimaka by KT Tunstall is somehow in your elite eight. Okay. Somehow, sometimes there's a Cinderella story, man. It's, it is, that's exactly what <laughs> she it is. She ain't got no shoes on. The shoes have fallen off. <laughs> she is turning back into a pumpkin. Whitney Houston. I saw the fishnets and the fishnets were were ripped. Um, But uh, it's one of those things where like there's like 10 other songs on this bracket that already have gone out that I would much rather see advancing to round three. But the way that the votes came in on the pool dictate where we are. And so with that being said, I find myself evenly split. It doesn't ultimately matter because – well, actually, it would matter. No, it would matter. If I voted for for Failure Child of New York, it would be a tie, and it would advance over Meli Kaliki Maka. Make them happy, Eric. Pick. Make the posers happy. You know what? It's Christmas. It's And Christmas. I'm going to do it. Aww. I'm going to make the posers happy and Kate happy, and I'm going to vote for Fairy Tale of New York. Oh, thank you, friend. You know, this Christmas I gave you my heart, and um, <laughs> I hope you like heart disease. So. Oh. <laughs> Um, okay, so we're advancing Fairy Tale of New York because it seems like the the more legit song to put forward. Next, it's Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays by NSYNC versus Merry Christmas Baby by uh, Bruce Springsteen. Literally, none of us wanted to advance Springsteen here. So um, congratulations, NSYNC. You're on to the Elite <laughs> Eight. And finally, our last uh, Sweet 16 round, it's Carol the Bells by Pentatonix versus Dick in a Box. So Curtis, take it. I So before we even started this, Eric and I were kind of chatting back and forth about what we had picked um, leading up to this. And and I had mentioned that I had pentatonics going pretty far because I like pentatonics. And Eric will share with you his dislike of pentatonics, but I want to talk about, it's not just that Dick in a Box is a hokey, like kind of joke song. Carol of the Bells by pentatonics is actually really good. Like it's, tonally beautiful and an interesting spin on something that you wouldn't typically hear. Like I know acapella pentatonics has kind of made that into something again, and there are tons of other acapella groups out there, but it's, it's just so good. And when you hear it come on your Pandora or, or your uh, Spotify or whatever you're listening to, you're like, fuck yes. Like I am willing to listen to these five people sing without anything backing them up on this song because it is done so well. 
I, I don't know what else to say. It's just, it's, they are so talented and it's, it's a great song for, for the holidays. So here's where I'm coming down here. Um, as Curtis referenced, I'm not a particular fan of pentatonics. I'm not going to dispute their musicality. I'm not going to dispute their talent. They're clearly amazing as are many of the other acapella groups that have made a little cottage industry for the holidays in the past like 10 years. This has become its own subgenre, right? Hmm. And for that reason, I'm actually not going to be at all upset if it advances to the next round because I'm not looking at it strictly as Carol of the Bells that's advancing. I'm looking at it as there are there is a little subgenre of acapella holiday music that needs to be represented in the bracket. And, and that's what this filling this niche. I love Carol of the Bells as a, as a classic song. It's one of my favorites. What I miss with pentatonics, and this is true for much of the acapella stuff is there's no soul. It is very clinical sounding to me. Um, I like my Christmas music to have evoke feelings. As I've mentioned before, this is very much a nostalgia play for me. And of the pentatonics and even straight to no chaser to, to some degree, it just is very kind of, um, it's technically amazing, but it is emotionally barren for me. Um, that's where I'm coming down here. It, it's, it's pretty to listen to you. I'm even like, would you go to a pentatonics holiday concert? I'm not sure I would, honestly. Like, I think I would sit there and I would applaud politely. <laughs> I know there are a lot of people who are really passionate about not only this group, but that whole subgenre. And I think that's awesome. So I'm not going to be mad if it advances. My argument for Dick in a Box is that it was a legitimate cultural movement. But I think the moment has passed. I'm sure it gets a replay every year at Christmas. I think it's super catchy. It's very clever. There's a lot of things we talked about in round one that make it like, I'm not mad that it's in the Sweet 16. I think it's hilarious, actually, that it's here. Um, and you can make a lot of fun with this song. I'm not going to sway anybody, I think, with either of those arguments. But I want to throw it to Heather. Where are you coming down here? I'm team pentatonics because unlike you, I find perfect harmony <clears throat> and fabulous musicianship and mastery of one's instrument to be an emotional experience. Interesting. Okay. So for me, it gives me that warm, fuzzy, like when you hear that perfect open fifth. And again, maybe this is like the super music nerd in me comes out, but like, Ooh, buddy, does that get me right in the feels? Mm. Interesting. For me, that's where pentatonics wins. Plus, you know, similarly, I think just this Carol of the Bells for me is such a staple of the holidays. I think their version is beautiful. And while I love Dick in the Box, (laughs) full stop. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I I have to, as far as a holiday classic or favorite holiday song, Carol of the Bells by Pentatonics beats out Dick in a Box. Okay. Fair enough. Kate, where are you? I'm also pentatonics. I love Carol the Bells as a song. Um, and But I do share your feelings, Eric, about the sort of intense clinical nature of pentatonics. There's something about it that feels less human to me, which I, I don't even know, like, if that – it just – there's something about it that doesn't feel warm. But mm-hmm. I think that really works in the favor of Carol the Bells, specifically the song. Um, and I love that song. So I'm definitely voting for them. Can I speak to that for a second? Sure, of course. So I think, and Heather, well, honestly, all of you are musical, but, and I don't want to say that acapella music does not have soul, but the thing that when you think about music and you feel or hear soul, people are probably performing by themselves or backed up with music, with musical instruments. 
And I think part of that comes from the, like when you are in an acapella group and you are making your own instruments with your own voices, it has to be clean. You're not able, you don't have the flexibility to add that kind of tonality and that, that warmth and richness into your tone, unless you are like the soloists at that moment, because if you did, it would clash with everybody else. If everybody else were, if all five people of pentatonics were trying to instill their own warmth and tone into their voice at the same moment, it wouldn't sound as clean it wouldn't come across in the same way as you do need with acapella music it has to be that crispness there or it doesn't work so maybe i'm talking out of my ass i've never been part of an acapella group but i know music so i have a feeling that that's what it's coming from and i can understand what you all are saying but like what heather said that like clinical like it is. You could fucking eat off that plate. It is yes. so yes. clean. That is impressive. That is difficult to do. And that is impressive to me. And I think that's why I love pentatonics so much just in general. But this specific song is it's a beautiful classic and it's done so cleanly. And that's hard to do. I think that's a really interesting argument. And I'm not necessarily going to, you know, I'm actually going to disagree with you. Okay. Um, uh I'm thinking of barbershop quartets. I'm thinking of, I cannot believe I'm making this argument, especially on a holiday episode, but the Oak Ridge Boys. Um, <laughs> those wow. are acapella. Speaking my language. Right? Those are acapella arrangements, and there's plenty of emotion, and it's yep. still very precise. Yep. So I don't think that acapella has to be clinical, but for whatever reason, pentatonics in I particular. Think, yeah, I think pentatonics are clinical. I think they're yeah. very, yeah. And, and that just like, I don't, super love acapella music in general except for the college boys when i was in college because they were cute and they were singing <laughs> and they knew what they were doing oh, they like, <laughs> totally with you mm-hmm. but like mm-hmm. uh, yeah i think that i think that is a very specific pentatonics precision is their bag right and they would right. be the villains in the like scrappy like you know <laughs> movie about the riff doing, off yes. yeah they, they would be the like we're perfect and like the scrappy people who came in and were like we have heart would be you know the winners Pentatonic absolutely <laughs> it's true Sorry. so what i would be the- say is they're the germans in pitch perfect yeah. yes yeah I was going to go with the Rancho Carne Toros, but sure, (laughs) whatever your frame of reference is. This year, as you pour over your holiday shopping lists, consider giving the gift of pointless pop culture arguments and flagrant dick jokes by buying a great pop culture debate Patreon subscription for a loved one, or even someone you don't really care about. Whatever works, really. Could you buy three meals a day with just 70 cents? In this economy, of course not, you ignorant slut. But for just 70 cents a day, you could support the horrible puns and terrible vices of notable homosexuals like little Eric here. I'm not that little. With your Patreon subscription, you help to keep our depraved podcast going, and you also get early access to all our episodes, exclusive Patreon-only content, and some great pop culture debate swag that you will probably lose in your desk. Is that desperate enough for you? Do you need to hear a Sarah McLaughlin song to show you how pathetic we are? We couldn't afford it. Please just give us your money. Go to patreon.com backslash debate today. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? 
Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Okay, so we are advancing pentatonics. So we have an elite eight of all I want for Christmas. Well, we'll start with all I want for Christmas is you versus hard candy Christmas. I'm going to go around the horn here. Uh, Curtis, where are you voting on this one? Oh, my God. Um, This is the hardest one. This is the hardest one left for sure for me. I think (laughs) Dolly Parton's song is not just a Christmas song. And that's Mm -hmm. what I love about it. Like that could be heard any time of year that it's a hard candy Christmas because every day for a hooker without a home is a hard candy Christmas. <laughs> Amen. Oh, oh boy. Um, but, but, but it's, it's Mariah Carey and correct. I don't want people to listen to this thinking, Oh, they're just going to push Mariah Carey forward because don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I want to subvert expectations. But at the end of the day, yeah, it's all I want for Christmas is you. It's 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 so good. Sorry, Kate, Dolly. Kate, which one are you going for? Our candy Christmas. <laughs> okay. Um, I I have a feeling that all I want for Christmas is going to advance to the next round again. I mean, Heather, where are you coming yeah, down? All I want. Okay. All I want is for all I want. Yes. So, Kate, I, with your permission, I would like to defer your argument to Final Four because I think that's when it's really going to get to fisticuffs. Quite all right. Quite all right. It pains me physically to do anything against Dolly Parton. I say that, and I actually voted against Dolly in the holiday Christmas special episode we just recorded this past weekend. Um, but I, I can't deny all I want for Christmas is you. I can't. So we will be advancing that to the final four. Next, it's last Christmas versus Christmas wrapping. Ugh, Kate. Kate. Oh, me? Ugh. Yeah. I, I have to give it to last Christmas, but I really, really love Christmas wrapping a lot. And partially because it has that lyrical thing, right? Like the the um, the singer doesn't feel great about Christmas, but she goes to the store to get some cranberry sauce or something. And she runs into someone that she had a connection with. And she's like, oh, maybe Christmas will be great. Like, it's just a really sweet Christmas song. And it is. It's I really, really story. like it. I like it way more than I know what boys like. I know what boys like is inane and repetitive. Sorry. But Christmas wrapping oh. is <laughs> delightful. <laughs> it is. All right. But you're, oh. you're voting for last Christmas, just to be clear. I am voting for last Christmas. Yes. Heather McLean. Oh, uh, George Michael. All the way, all day, every day, wham. (laughs) You're speaking my language. Uh, Curtis. This is not a question. I actively hate one of these songs, Eric. (laughs) Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. It's... 
doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It's gone. Bye. Bye, waitresses. Bye. Merry Christmas and your friggin' saxophone. Bye. I just I, don't understand. Why have you I not accepted either. saxophones as your lords and saviors? <laughs> exactly. I played the because trumpet. Because it's not a real instrument. <gasps> what? What? No, oh, it is. It is. I'm it's a larger like kazoo. Thinking crazy so, pills. <laughs> Kate. Kate, you and I are going to be the core of a best saxophone solo bracket <laughs> at some God. point in the next year. Don't and we are going to bring it back. No, I'm not teasing you. I'm yes. telling you. This is happening. Can I quickly tell you what a saxophone is to me? A saxophone to me is 1991 at what my town called the Water Festival, because which was basically a, a small girls pageant. And they played um, Kenny G. Yep. Over the at we were at the pool. That's not a saxophone, that's not, Curtis. That's a soprano saxophone, first of all. <laughs> and it's all, but... not the saxophone's fault that someone misused it. <laughs> Are you really getting that pedantic that really? we're going to say a saxophone and a soprano saxophone are not of the same thing? Yeah. We're going to table this, folks, oh and we're going to come back to it in 2021. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's going to happen. All right. You so can reach next- us at greatpopculturedebate <laughs> at gmail.com. <laughs> Uh, next up, we have "Do You Hear What I Hear" versus "Fairy Tale of New York." Uh, Heather, start me off here. Uh, I mean, really? Are we actually having? A conversation? <laughs> I don't. I, I don't. I don't know. What What do you want me to say? I voted against the Pogues every single time, <laughs> and it's Whitney Houston. It's Whitney. It's Whitney, bitch. Okay, uh, Kate, you're actually the one that I'm interested in here. What do oh, you think? Oh, it's thinking? Whitney. It's Whitney. This song is fucking transcendent. <laughs> okay, and Curtis, I'm going to assume that you're pro you're pro Pogues. I have I have suddenly changed my mind. <laughs> no, it's Whitney. It should have been Kelly, but it's Whitney instead. What? What? <laughs> yeah. Next- yeah. Look at my bracket, people, which you can't see, but it was Kelly. No, we'll put it up on the website. People can check what they have. And laugh. Uh, and- laugh at your failures next up we have merry christmas happy holidays versus carol the bells um kate carol the bells (gasps) curtis uh merry christmas happy holidays heather Uh, merry christmas happy holidays yeah it's merry christmas happy holidays (laughs) (laughs) i have to say literally when you were like merry christmas happy holidays i was like what the fuck is that oh that was insane right (laughs) It is weird that you were not familiar with that song. Not even yeah. a blip was, on my radar. Wasn't it used in like an Old Navy commercial or something? Like oh, yeah, probably. Really Which like, is why I don't remember it. <laughs> you had such sad Christmases, Kate, it seems. I Welcome had, to Central New I York. Had, <laughs> I had were Johnny Mathis Christmases and Muppet oh. Christmases, but that's for next year. <laughs> it is, and that's not a bad thing. I will say that. You also and had Carpenter's also, Christmases, didn't Carpenter's you? Carpenter's Christmases. Anne Murray Christmases. She's Canadian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly right. So that'll be 2021 uh, debate, folks. So our final four. All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey versus Last Christmas by Wham. Do You Hear What I Hear by Whitney Houston versus Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays by NSYNC. Ooh. I always like to step back, take a look at the final four. I think this is a great group of final four. I don't know if they're all one seeds, but they may be. If they're uh, not. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is the correct final four. I'm pleased with it. So we're going to open it up, and this is where Kate's going to get into it. (laughs) I'm going to have Kate start. Go for it. Let's hear it. I feel like you're expecting me to come out and be like, this song is trash. This song is not trash. I have accepted Mariah Carey as my lord and savior. (laughs) I have 
a single that I bought of the wall of emotions. Like mm. I, she's extraordinary. This song is an earworm that is aggressively fine. It's fine. The literal, there's like a, there's like a verse and then the verse that follows it is the same fucking verse. <laughs> like, no, no. I actively, when I hear this song, I turn off the radio. I step away. This song is, if it had not been overplayed, if it was not in love, actually, maybe I wouldn't have such a strong reaction to it. It is aggressively fine. And I don't really have any warm, fuzzy feelings about it whatsoever. I'm sorry. Do you hate love actually too? Yes. I don't really care for it. Yes. Interesting. <laughs> this says a lot about you as a person. I'm learning. More <laughs> I mean, this, this like, I, I will claim it. I mean, maybe I would like love actually better if any of the women got a chance to not suffer or always be in subordinate positions to the men that they are courting. Sure. And I will also like, I'm not a huge love actually fan either. And that's going to be another debate at some point is Christmas films. Oh, wow. I've had enough beer now that I'm getting real stroppy. She's <laughs> getting in Curtis area. It's real fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So Kate, you're definitely voting for last Christmas is what I'm hearing. Oh, hell yes. <laughs> oh, hell yes. Curtis, where are you voting? Uh, um, so I think the thing that I like the most about Last Christmas is that it has spawned so many people doing covers of it. And the difference between these two songs, because there are obviously like 5 billion covers of All I Want for Christmas is you. No one does it better than They're Mariah trash. Carey. They're all trash. They're all, all trash. trash. Yeah. The, the Last Christmas, like even the Glee Last Christmas with Leah Michelle and Corey Monteith, fucking good. Fantastic yeah. even. Like- it's it's in the same realm as the original. No one touches Mariah. And I'm sorry, people who are listening, if you expected me to subvert expectations by yeah. by voting it down. I can't. You you come to us. You can reach us at greatpopculturedebate at gmail.com and tell us why you think Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is you did not deserve to at least get to the final two here. Oh, it deserved to be here, but it's aggressively fine. And I will take oh. that to my grave. <laughs> well, we're in the final four. I'm moving it to the final two. I'm, I'm joining you, Curtis. I'm, I'm 100% moving it to the final two. And I think you said exactly what I would have said, which is no one delivers this like Mariah. You can't. Because nobody else has a seven octave vocal range. No. And it's not just the vocal range, I would argue. I think she actually performs the song. Yes. Inc not just like vocally, but like the flavor, the the attitude, the energy she brings to the song. Unimpeachable. But I'm mm -hmm. I'm also going to vote for it, and I'm going to save my real argument to the final two because I, I feel like I'm going to need to. Uh, we mm -hmm. have the last of the final four is Do You Hear What I Hear by Whitney versus Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays by NSYNC. And I'm actually really torn on this one i'm gonna give it to heather first i'm still going and sync. i'm <laughs> still okay. going and sync. i love whitney love 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 whitney and i love this song but if you said to me hey heather what's christmas for you the two songs that are christmas for me mariah carey and merry christmas happy holidays i think that's fair and i think because you're a 90s kid right i, I 87 yeah. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> so, I, I'm going to call you like you were a, like a kid in the 90s. Yes. So this would be formative for you in a way. Yes. That, and so would Mariah. Like those are those, that's yep. you were a kid when that happened. Um, Curtis. 
I am merely one year older than Heather. So I think we're in the very same boat. <laughs> um, but so where I'm struggling, Whitney Houston is, in my opinion, uh, am I going to say this? Yes. The best vocalist of the last. Yeah. <clears throat> I'll give her at least five decades, maybe century. I may put it out yes. there. Whitney Houston is the best singer, second only, or first with a second very close of Mariah Carey when she was in her heyday. I absolutely think that that's true. But, but I Whitney's don't lasting. Right, right. Whitney has. Oh my god, it, it was. There's just so much. However, I don't think this song is one of her best songs, and I. <laughs> I don't even really know if it's her best Christmas song or holiday song. Like her Oh Holy Night is beautiful. I feel like there are other things that could have been up here. So I think I'm going to go with NSYNC as well. And I'm sorry, Whitney, I love you. And I, th- I just said you're the best vocalist of the last century, but I just don't <laughs> think this is the right song. So the 2000s were a great time. I grew up, like I, I really hit my stride there. I was in love with Lance Bass. Call me, I'm married. sync. <laughs> so was he. Uh, Kate? Um, definitely Whitney Houston. Um, I mean, even if I had any warm feelings towards NSYNC because the vocal performance in this song is literally church. Um, it's mm. a beautiful performance. Mm. It's a beautiful arrangement. Do you hear what I hear? Is sort of a dippy song. It's like, in a stable, kids asking like animals, like, do you hear what I hear? And Whitney just sells the shit out of it. Like, it's just, it is a beautiful, beautiful song um, that I heard a lot when I was a young kid because we had these CDs. Um, and yeah, I mean, this is a no contest for me. <laughs> I am so torn on this one. I got to tell you, um, I really I didn't have the strong feelings that you guys had for NSYNC. I was probably a little earlier than you all were. But see so all posters on your walls. Oh, I 100 percent did not. Nope. Uh, also, that would not have been allowed in my house. Right. Me um, yeah. <laughs> um, um, do I get cred because I had a Lance Bass pillowcase? That's a real thing. absolutely a hundred percent. Wow. hundred percent. You were sleeping with Lance Bass. You were the only woman sleeping with yes, Lance Bass. It's true. It's true. It's on my LinkedIn profile. <laughs> um uh, here's my thing. Um, I actually don't care for Do You Hear What I Hear as a song. Um, Whitney is the selling point here. It is, I think you called it a dippy song, Kate. It is kind it's of a dippy, dippy song. song. Yeah. Yep. It's not great. Whitney elevates it to a place of transcendence. It's from that very special Christmas album. I would not put it in my top four songs from that album. I'm not sure I would put it in my top five. It's a solid B-side to that album. With that being said... I do think that Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays is of the boy band Christmas songs. And there are a bunch of boy band Christmas songs. Probably the best one. Um, I'm really torn here. The bottom line, though, is I have two for NSYNC. I have one for Whitney. If I go for Whitney, we're tied and they're all one seeds, which means I would have to make the tiebreaker. And I really don't want to be in that position. So I can I give I'm, you an out there, Eric, if you would like. Give me an out. I'll take so, it. So because of the way that I have now done the bracket, we know – of the four, we know each seed where they land. So mm-hmm. technically, NSYNC was the third one seed and Whitney Houston was the fourth one seed. So it is technically the lowest. But I'll let you make the decision because you are God. Um, I'm not God. Um, Whitney Houston was God. Um, but um, I I will take that out. And I'm going to say, based on votes, so I'll say I would have voted for Whitney. 
but it doesn't matter because NSYNC actually had more votes. So NSYNC would continue to the final two. So it is, Kate, are you okay with this? Because I, mean, I don't think you like either one of these. No, I'm like, can I abstain? Like, <laughs> I will not let you abstain in a final vote. I want you to determine which one you dislike least. Oh, for sure, uh, Mariah Carey, for sure. For sure, okay. by a wide margin. <laughs> okay. So um, thank you for that. And I appreciate you playing along. I'm sorry that it got to this. I did not anticipate that. Um, Curtis, where are you on this? It, this is, it's not, a, it's not a contest. Why did we do this podcast anyway? Um, <laughs> just, I'm kidding. Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas Is You is untouchable it is it is the season it is everything it's can't go play your saxophone i (laughs) it's it it truly and unfortunately i think for all of us when this song is heard the season begins i think almost everybody can agree with that and unfortunately our uh organizational overlords that run Target and Walmart and all of the the businesses have started moving that more and more, you know, further into October to try to convince us to buy more shit because that is the that is the holiday season is how much we buy. That's the spirit of Christmas. Thank you. Yes. Um, But it truly has not begun until you've heard the song. While we were preparing for this, I made the the YouTube. Please go to YouTube and listen to all these songs so that you can, you know, commiserate with Kate and how much you hate some some things. Um, <laughs> but like, it felt like the holidays when I was listening to these songs. Specifically, all I want for Christmas is you. It is so good. Mariah, I wish you nothing but love, and I am so sorry that your voice has been destroyed. Please stop embarrassing yourself in front of New Year's Eve, New Year's Eve crowds. Listen, she still gets paid every holiday season. I know. Mariah's doing fine. She's raking She's it in. doing it fine. Yeah. Heather, where are you? I also, you know, it's funny. I, I didn't want this to end with Mariah Carey because I was like, oh, God, it's so predictable. I don't want predictable. And I actually tried to rig my bracket so that I ended up with else. And I walked away from it. And two minutes later, I came back and I was like, I can't do that. It's just wrong. <laughs> and so here we are with me selecting Mariah Carey because woman's queen of Christmas. So um, when we were doing this poll, I had two distinct camps. There were people who were saying, it better be all I want for Christmas is you or I'll riot. And then there were people like, anything but all I want for Christmas is you, is you, it's garbage. And here's where I'm coming down on this. I think that somewhere along the line, something has happened where certain things get so popular that there is a knee-jerk reaction to them that they must be trash because everybody likes them. And I see it in this podcast whenever we bring up friends. Like, mm-hmm. there is this weird knee-jerk anti-friend sentiment. This is sentiment. so interesting, Eric, because I feel the same way about friends as I do about Mariah Carey. They're not garbage, but they're, like, fine. I don't – they're nothing special to me in the way that and they are I, rabidly special to other people. I think they both actually really stand up. Like, I I can kind of understand where you're coming from saying we'll, – we'll keep it to Mariah here – saying yeah. that Mariah is a fine song – Tell me, like you pointed out, the the two choruses are exactly the same. That's true for a lot of very popular pop songs and like iconic pop songs. Um, I don't think it's it's a fault to the song that that's the case. I think it means it's so catchy of a song that it can get away 
with literally copying and pasting the verses just to get to three minutes and five seconds. Like, I think that's weirdly a strength of the of the songwriting that like it doesn't matter what the words are. You're going to dance. You're going to listen to the whole fucking thing and you're going to love it. Um, the, the, the for me, what is really about this song that I think gets uh, needs to be spoken is rare in the latter part of the 20th century that there is a new bona fide classic. This is a bona fide classic that did not exist when I was born. It was a classic the year it got released. It became part of a canon that includes things from the 1940s, 1950s, 1960s. Like, it is inescapable for a reason. It is ubiquitous with Christmas, and that doesn't mean that it's bad. I think a lot of the people who dismiss it as being overplayed or corny it's overplayed because a lot of people really love it. And I would urge you to take a step back and say, why do I reflexively reject this song? Right? Like, what is that coming from? Like the only thing I can compare it to, this is a weird comparison, but when smooth by Santana was out in the 1990s, and I think it was 99. I could not fucking deal with that song anymore. It was on all the time. And I was like, enough. I assume, but now I listen to it. I'm like, actually, this is a really good song. It's a great song musically. It does exactly what it's supposed to. It deserved all the hype it got. I feel the same way about Mariah Carey because it's a seasonal song. I can only listen to the song for two months of a year. Then the rest of the year, I can't listen to it at all. So I'm happy when I hear it. I never change the channel when I hear it. I think it is remarkable that a bona fide brand new song from 1995, is that correct? 94? Uh, something like that. Yeah, I thought 94, but I could be wrong. It was definitely, like, I remember I graduated high school and someone gave me the CD for graduation present. Swear to God. It was Joanna, Kate. (laughs) I was at that party. You were at that party. 94. Um, 94. 94. And I graduated in 96. So, um, like, something that was created in 1994 is regarded the same way that Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer from the 1950s is regarded. That level of classic. And I don't think you can impeach that if this was all i want for christmas is you versus last christmas i'd be having a much harder decision Mm -hmm. because i think last christmas is almost there too i think that it is um another modern classic and band-aid was until we all realized how offensive it is (laughs) i i don't think merry christmas happy holidays has hit that that echelon yet i just don't i think it's beloved it's very good mariah carey is in the closet for her i think my final was last christmas wasn't it i think it was Yes, I think. Yeah. Um, if you're listening to this and you're just like, "Ugh, really? <laughs> All of this for this one song?" Kate Rakuli agrees with you. Um, <laughs> well, no, I mean, I do and I don't because, like, I knew when this happened, I was like, "Oh, this is going to be the song that wins." And I'll just be get to be a contrarian voice for a while. I have a question for all of you. When do you start listening to Christmas music? Curtis, you go first. Actively, yeah. probably uh, shortly thereafter Thanksgiving, because that's when we're probably putting up Christmas decorations. Heather? Uh, same. Though I will say this year, um, Hallmark has maybe started the Christmas movies a little <laughs> early. <laughs> I wonder but I haven't gotten into the Christmas music or holiday music yet. I will say that I generally try to wait until after Thanksgiving, but more out of respect to my partner than for me. If it was me, I would be starting in early November. Would you like to Kate? guess when I start listening to Christmas music? Is it the week leading up to Christmas? It is literally Christmas Eve on the drive home. Wow. Oh, no. No. 
Uh-uh. Well, it's I because mean, she listens to such sad Christmas and saxophone true. solos that she can't take that You know that what much. I listen to just on the to way say. home? I listen to John Denver and the Muppets Christmas Carol, which is a fucking classic, and we'll talk about it next year. <laughs> we are going to talk about it next year, absolutely. But for this year, war is over, if you want it, Kate. And we have won this I war. I do want it to be over. Mariah is my lord and savior. She's amazing. Give her all the money. Like, Give her all the money. She's earned it. The best holiday pop song of the past 40 years is Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You. Do you agree with our picks? Have we made your personal naughty list? Tell us what you think about this episode at greatpopculturedebate.com or by hitting us up on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Make sure that you hit subscribe to hear about all of our upcoming episodes, including a super fun holiday TV special mini-sode drop in early December. Please rate and review us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And if you feel like it, you can stuff our stockings by supporting us over at Patreon. Thank you to everyone for listening and thank you to my panel who are my Christmas angels. We hope that you and yours have a safe, happy holiday. And remember, Santa is watching. So if you want to get the really good presents, put on a show for that old creep. Have a good night. Bye. Bye.